Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Master and Un podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Murphy, joined by the regular rugby crew of Sam and Westy, here to recap all the action from week three. And by all the action, I mean mainly Connacht, and we'll dabble in the rest of the provinces. Uh, but first of all, before we get anything, we have some big news. Westy, with the Westicles himself, scored a big try yesterday for Corinthians thirds. Westy, first of all, congratulations. Tell us about it. I'm assuming it was. Cold Bay Habana esque in his day, right? Yeah, I mean, I I believe it. the rumor is I stepped right lads before I got over the line. Um, you know, the the official stats are yet to come back. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it was a pretty standard forward try. Um, a slow pick and go ball off the back of a rook, about five meters away from the try line. Um, barreled over some unsuspecting 19-year-old from Ballinasloe. Um, and uh, as I land on the ground, just turned over and just dinked the ball over the line. Um, we proceeded to lose the game by about nine points, so it was pretty relevant, but uh, I was proud of would, would have been 16 if not for you, though. Yeah. Well, we did get we did get four tries in the game, so we did nice. point. So. You got one quarter of a bonus point right there. That's your first try in a good while, though, I'd say, is it? Yeah, it was my first, first try. I think my last try was against Uchterord uh, for Ballinasloe uh, maybe five years ago. I don't score often. But when you do, magnificent. When you do, it is. Yeah, but, <laughs> did you win that game against Uchterard or was that? Oh yeah, we won, we won that one by about like four oh, points. Yeah. I, was, I was gonna hope like every time you score a try, your team lost. <laughs> like you're just like bad fucking luck. Well, I mean, I'm in a uh, new club now, so we we could say that for now. That is true. That is true. Sam, how was your weekend? Yeah, it was good. Uh, well, outside of going to the match and it being so depressing compared to last week, it was not as fun. Ah, it was still great to be at a match and have a couple of points, but it was not half as fun as before. Uh, and then I went to a wedding on Sunday afternoon. It was lovely. Uh, I wish I had taken Monday off work and had a few drinks at it because you were sitting there, you had one glass of champagne and I was like, oh, I just want to go now. <laughs> but now nah, it was good. got back, put the baby to bed. It's great. First of all, can we all agree champagne, terrible drink, right? We're all agreed? No, I'm not keen on it, but a drink's a drink and it's free, it's free. Yeah, but it's uh, it's just for rich people to be like, oh, this is nice. It's there's piss. A, it's there's a great piss. bottle of champagne in Aldi, 20 euro. That's expensive for Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great that's, bottle of champagne. That's high class right there. Three, three high class like of wine for that in Aldi. Yeah, true. <laughs> From like South Africa. It's like, surely they can't be making money off this. But they oh, are. Well, we, so far, we, we, we used to drink this like wine stuff called Wally's Hut. I don't know. Did you ever come across it? It was like Jamaican wine. It was It was like syrup. It was so bad. Because everyone knows when you think of wine, you think of Jamaica. So oh, wine country right there. Wine country right there. Uh, as you can see, we're stalling because we don't want to talk about this game. <laughs> uh, we'll start with the Connacht game, obviously. Losing out to Dragons, 35 points, 22. Um, let's talk about the pros. We got to meet uh, Kerry, uh, Andy Friend's wife, who was an absolute delight and had sort of heard of us, which is always great. Uh, and was great crack throughout. Um, I think we all only made a fool of ourselves like once each no, sorry, Sam. You made a fit of yourself three times. Me and Smurf came off pretty well. Yeah, she said know. we were delightful. That's what she said. I'm pretty sure she guys tried on my hat, which means that I was the most delightful. Yeah, and you asked her to give it to Andy Fred, and she said, no. You going to give it to him, and then she said, this was so uncomfortable. So, Smurf, that's on you. Next Christmas, we want comfortable gifts, so in case we get I'm all about. I'm all about style, not comfort. Yeah, so, like, we'll get into the game. Westy, it was polar opposite of the week before. We were going to the game. It was wet, windy. Uh, you know, we were. I was fearful for the game, thinking that we weren't going to win. We did, and then this weekend, sun was shining. I was like, "This suits our game plan." 
uh, you know, dragons. We should be beating dragons. We're going to win this game, and and then we didn't. What what happened? Um, I think we all kind of said that pretty much from the kickoff, Connacht looked pretty tired. We looked pretty kind of not really in the right gear to start that game. When I was listening to an interview with Andy Friend earlier on today, and he was talking about how they kind of overloaded the guys in training because they were on such a high from the weekend, and and he kind of took blame for it and said that's probably why they were fatigued and probably why we weren't at the level we should have been at. Um, all credit to Dragons. They, ha- they played, had some fantastic back moves and strike plays that they just didn't seem to have against Leinster. Um, I think it casts, you know, maybe some of us judged that Leinster game a little bit harshly as well by calling it, you know, by saying Dragons kind of, like they could have won it and it was there for them, but you have to kind of really see now how they really disrupt teams' play when they want to. They really targeted us at the breakdown and we. Really, we kept falling for it. We, um, our ball was slowed down pretty intentionally by them. We had a lot of penalties given against us at the at the breakdown. Um, so I just think, yeah, we, we weren't in the right gear at any point in that game. Um, even when we were scoring tries, they were against the run of play. That, like we were all saying, take the points early on, but we never really seemed to gain massive momentum off Dragons' mistakes. We take it three points, whereas anytime we made a mistake, they were very much honest and if you know if they've been a little bit more disciplined in the first half they could have had a few more tries early on yeah you make you make a point yeah the dragons game plan was obviously to slow connacht down because i think it's well known now connacht like quick ball they like to play at a play at a pretty fast pace and like even sam you noticed that after one of the after one of the penalties they were really slow even to walk up to the to the line to kick the ball off again it was they were they were not subtle about their game plan but does it say, you know, do, do you have to look at coaching there, Sam, and say, like, th- there didn't seem to be a plan B or at least, you know, a willingness to adapt at all, was there? No, and it was disappointing because kind of Andy Friend has talked about this this mantra behind the team for the season being uh, relentlessness and adaptability. And uh, I don't think you saw adaptability there. I, I think you did see an, an attempt to be relentless, like one of the few times we had a big burst of energy and did anything positive was when blade took that quick tap penalty. And there was about four offloads and really like drove up the field in kind of three or four good phases. And that that's what they were aiming to do for the entire game. And dragons have probably heard Andy friend talking about this relentlessness uh, consistently throughout the preseason and the season and just aim to slow it down. I think uh, Joe Massimo didn't start against uh, Leinster and you know, I'd be worried every time you see him on the team sheet because I don't think he was really given a, a proper crack at a whip of Connacht, but he's a, he's an absolute unit and he's just such a nuisance in the mall. Like you see him kind of, he doesn't even go through the mall. He kind of, it's almost like a defensive lineman in American football, like sw- a swim move over the mall and just like hugs people in. It stopped us getting kind of, even though our mall was moving forward, we didn't have any like positivity off it. Uh, and then their back row, just not just in terms of with the ball, because they were all very effective with the ball, but also super effective at slowing us down. Uh, and taking any kind of momentum out of the game and stopping us really doing anything. Uh, that being said, a lot of blame does have to probably go on to the, you know, the backs not using ball that they got because when they did get ball, like you saw the week before, the strike plays were unbelievable. You saw Farrell and Daly getting outside and there just didn't seem to be really outside of the very first phase of play with Daly. There didn't seem to be any really attempt to get those strike moves going uh, and you know, I don't think that was down to the forwards not giving them much of a platform because there was a, a decent platform, not the best go forward ball, but a decent enough platform there. It wasn't like they were going backwards. Uh, and it just, it, it seemed kind of just, seemed to be a bit of a letdown with, you know, we've heard all season that adaptability was going to be one of the things that we are going to be capable of. And I didn't see much uh, 
maybe it was a, almost a lack of leadership or no one grabbing it by the scruff of the neck and changing it up. But I didn't really see much in the way of adaptability there. And it did, it probably cost us because, you know, we were very telegraph and dragons were able to read that and they did, they, they nullified it and then they took advantage of it in the second half. Yeah, 100%. Before I forget, sorry, we also did meet Fionn, who is obviously a massive supporter of the podcast. Before I forget, so Fionn come up and said hello. Uh, thanks, Fionn, really appreciate that. Thanks, obviously, for your continued support. Um, we, obviously, look, at the team sheet-wise, Blade came in kind of last you know, last few minutes. Marion picked up an injury, obviously, in, in before the game. The likes of Darling going off maybe 15 minutes in and bringing on Leva Fafida you know, to play 65 minutes. I'm sure these things, obviously, they're not planned but as you said, Sam, you need to adapt. Like Blade isn't up to full fitness. I'm sure he hasn't played in a while due to injury, but still, he's more than capable of playing to a, a certain degree. And Fafita, you know, some days you're going to have to play those kind of minutes, and you know that's what we need if we're going to be beating these teams. But Wesley, you know, we said last week as well, going in, like this is a classic game that Connacht tend to lose after a big performance, and it happened again. And we saw a lot of these individual errors pop into the game again, whereas. You know, not only are Dragons playing well, but we're also giving them these individual errors to capitalise on as well, which they did. It's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, it's very frustrating. I think, I can't remember the exact um, statistic now, maybe somebody can tell me around, but I think we had double the knock-ons that, um, that Dragons had. And I know, look, we, we play a high-risk kind of offloading game, but it's just kind of, it's, can, it's just difficult to, to accept when it does come off so well in the, pissing wind and rain from last week and in lovely dry conditions we kind of can't seem to do those things it it kind of is you know Connacht in a little bit of a way in a nutshell is that we can rise to these big occasions but we still sometimes struggle with the basics and I think like I had been really happy to see kind of minimal rotation in the squad like I I don't know for sure now I, I was under the impression that there's nothing wrong with Porchy and Papali. They were just given a week off and we were moving guys in because we need to make sure guys are getting game time. But we see a lot in other seasons that sometimes this lack of consistency can be partly attributed towards us being forced to make mass changes because of the high level of injuries that we get. Whereas, you know, three changes isn't really enough to, to justify uh, a game plan that worked last week not really coming together. Now, as I said, Friendy's come out and said that you know, maybe they were overtrained, they had an extra day and they probably should have used it maybe to let the guys recover. But um, it is frustrating to see those errors that, especially those controllable errors, um, kind of mount as the game goes on. Um, so, yeah, I think... I, like, it, it, it's not same old, same old for Connacht because I know it's a new game, but I know we're working, but it's really difficult to be in this position again, especially looking down the barrel of two games, Cardiff and Dragons, where poor patches of 15 minutes conceding two or three tries really just shot us in the foot like we said before the the purple patch is very very purple when you're playing Connacht uh, just, I, I, I didn't hear that Andy Friend interview uh, about being overworked it, it would explain a lot but do you think I don't know I was kind of thinking about it today and do you think there might have been even a subconscious kind of one eye on next week because Munster is the big one for all of these players and kind of thinking that you know us Dragons come to uh, sports ground they haven't won since 2004 They've not really been up to much. Maybe they put it to a weak Leinster team last week, but, you know, it should be a walk in the park. And it, it just ended up not being the case. And it was hard to kind of get into a game if you go into it with that mentality. Like, I'm not individually going to call out any player because I don't think that there was individually anyone that looked lackluster. I, I think the whole team just looked off the boil. But, you know, do you think that that might be in anyone's mind? 
it was off the boil your little uh, subconscious way of seeing that player there. <laughs> Fro- <laughs> that Freudian slip. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I didn't even get that. Off the printer gas, no. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, 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 th- I think there's probably some truth to that. I think maybe it was a bit of Ireland versus Japan syndrome where like we were kind of focused on this game for the week, but we had kind of bigger games to worry about the next few weeks. So we weren't kind of as... Maybe not as focused on the games we should have been. I did think with the squad that was picked that that wasn't the case. It looked like we were trying to keep momentum forward, minimize people we were resting, and play the game that was in front of us. But the, the worrying side of this coin is that, like, first off, I don't think three changes is is enough to say that your team was substantially weaker week in week out. But with Key and Benardas, uh, you know, kind of well, not going off in the best of circumstances. Ocean Downing going off very early. Um, daily and Farrell, yeah, daily and Farrell. Like it, it does put us down in the position going into Munster, where I, I don't think we're in the position they were hoping for us to be in. And now, look, they could turn around and say that this was the plan the whole time was to run yeah, the, all our this players team into the ground and then put the without players. Um, but Mad. yeah, look, it, it's um, I think m- maybe we were a little bit guilty of, of keeping an eye on Munster, but you could say the same thing about Munster, right? They fielded what everybody is kind of assuming was a second team but yet they went out against Scarlets and put 40 points on them it's- I think first of all if 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 Connacht did keep one eye on Munster and uh, you know take the eye off Dragons that's ridiculous thing to, like Connacht are not good enough to do that like I w- you need to be beating the Dragons rather than the Munster games I know obviously you'd want to beat the Munster but you need to be finishing above Dragons you're not going to finish above Munster you know odds on so like if that was the case, I don't think. I think I, I did question. I threw that. I threw that question to you after the game. Did we overlook dragons in a coaching sense? And I, I, I did agree with you in the end. I don't think, as you said, Westy, three changes is not overlooking a team. Do you know what I mean? Especially when the replacements coming in are also like good, you know, experienced kind of players as well in certain areas. But for the players themselves to think that, and again, we don't know if that's the case. But if that is the case, that's 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 really really bad. You know, these are the games where you should be really looking to step on people's throats and then to show yourself that you're the big team. Like, we we keep saying about Leinster. Leinster played crap last week. They still won. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're not to that position where we can start being like, oh, it's only the Dragons. No, the other teams are saying that about us. This is this is the case. That's the annoying part. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, I suppose. It's also okay, so it's, it's the second, you know, say, well, you know, not counting preseason game, second home game in front of fans in 18 months, like, even if part of you was overlooking it, I, I don't really think you, you needed an excuse to get hyped up for a home game. Even if you, even if, and I'm not saying anybody did, but even if you thought the opposition was inferior, whether it was a game that you will win, I would hope that being back in front of a crowd would still, you know, focus people on a job at hand. I know it is. What well, can we talk about Carthy for a second? Because I, I didn't think he did an overly bad game. He had a few kind of mistakes, but. It's when you look at the Irish ten jersey landscape at the moment. This would be an ideal time to be putting in massive performances. Like no one is like Carberry. Obviously, people are looking at him. He's not in good form. Sexton's forty-seven years old. Like people now are starting to like put Ben Healy in the conversation, and you're like, come, like, come on, like, if this would be such a good time for Car to be putting in, like, the performance against Bowles, like that week in week out, which we know he's capable of. And he'd be putting his hand right up in Andy Farrell's face. Like, it's, it's do you agree or disagree? Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Uh, I don't think it was his best game. I, I didn't think it was as bad as some people have said. Like, I've, I've heard some some horrific kind of takes on his performance the weekend. I don't think it was that bad. I think one or two things that happen in games exacerbate how people feel about players like Jack Hardy because he is he's he's not your traditional out half. Uh, what one thing he did was he took a quick penalty to try and hit touch over the top of the winger. He's done it 
countless times in the past and it's come off and he's gotten himself an extra 10, 15 yards because he bounces it behind the winger and it bounces into touch. And then it didn't hit touch. And that that just looks bad on you. Missed two kicks, one of which I'd say is a kind of a bread and butter kick. The other one he probably should have gotten as well. But, you know, and that, that'll always count against him, especially when Healy is hitting these highlight reel 75-yard kicks. Like, that's that's going to be, you know, quite damning for Jack. And then his age just is going to count against him as well, going in when you have Healy so young and arguably, like, fighting with Carberry now for that 10 spot. This big talk coming out of a few Munster kind of fan pages and stuff that... You know, maybe just look back to Carberry at 15 again, which is, you know, not the reason he went there, not the reason they wanted him. But if Healy is going to be, you know, impressing that much, that can only be good for them. Uh, and like you said, Carty had the opportunity here and has the opportunity in the next few weeks. He's playing, he's in, he's showcasing himself now. He's got Munster and Ulster coming up and then, you know, two European games. I think in our next seven games, we're playing some of the best teams you've ever seen. Like, and that, that's uh, an opportunity for him to really showcase himself. But Unfortunately, and I, I don't agree with the Irish coaching, but I think it is a little too late, little, too little too late for Jack. I don't think he's going to get many more caps for Ireland, which is so unfortunate because I know he's capable of it. And I think like if you put him behind, let's say the weekend, Harry Byrne was playing for Leinster and then he went off injured and Sexton came in. If you put Jack Carty behind a dominant pack like that, he would be far more consistent than Jack Carty behind a pack that like the ball was coming out of line outs on the ground. People were throwing these things and that things and, and that, that's just not going to, you're not going to be capable of really doing anything. And then people say, oh, he needs to grab by the scruff of the neck. But I think if you put Harry Byrne behind our pack, he's not going to look half as impressive Harry Byrne's ever looked. So it's really tough for him. But I think that, uh, I think that you're right. Like this was an opportunity for him to kind of say, stick me into these November internationals. And he, he probably didn't take it. I totally agree with everything you said. But the problem with, and this is why I've always said, uh, and not defending Andy Farrell for not picking him, but let's talk about that that phase of play you mentioned because it sums up Connacht at the moment in a nutshell they did fantastically well in like the 10 phases before that Dragons were knocking on the door they were met with big tackles and were pushing them back and like Connacht were out in their feet after a massive massive defensive shift and did really well and do well, get the turnover penalty and Jack and again it's what makes him good don't get me wrong but he spots this and goes for this kick that would have been fantastic and all that but it doesn't come off they then, you know, the Connacht forwards must be like, we're wrecked here, give us a minute. But they don't, they're back on the defensive side. Now, albeit, as you said before, as we mentioned after the game as well, ball goes in the tier and O'Halloran's hands and again, he fails to find touch and then they score off that try, they score try immediately kind of off that phase. But like, again, if you're looking as an international manager, that's stuff that just petrifies you. Like, if, if the Dragons can punish that, what's the fucking, what's the All Blacks going to do? come November that's that's I'm sure as an international coach is what he doesn't seem to like Carthy whatever no more than Cooney he just seems to not have him in his plans but those are the mistakes that it's just like come on like Westy where do you fall on this I think you know Sam mentions Carthy doing that before but I, th- I think this is where kind of leadership and decision making comes up and we talked about Carthy maybe having to you know you know rise up as a leader within that squad and kind of um be a more of a dominant voice I think that that kind of thing is great when you get a penalty, even outside your own 22, between 22 and a half a line after a bit of defending, and you take a quick kick and aim for it and try and squeeze an extra meter or two out of it. I think that's an awful idea when you've just spent eight minutes defending, picking goes, and you you get rewarded, and your, your impulse is to just hoof it down, pitch straight away. You have to take the scenario as it is. Again, I love the idea of, like, let's take a quick, let's put it right behind them, let's get them running back. But I, I think... 
you know, it's, <laughs> you know, as a forward, I can't help but look at it as like, my shoulders are aching. Can we take five seconds to get some air in, please? Like, I just don't think it's warranted in that scenario. And again, we've talked about how like Jack Harty is that type of player who kind of plays on the edge of insanity or whatever. And, you know, it, it is usually worth it for the, you know, the great things to follow. But I, I think contextually, I think you have to look at what's just happened. You have to be like, no, we have to allow ourselves to celebrate this little victory that we just had and now move forward as a team rather than one person being like, I'm going to make the decision. The ball's going right now because the team aren't ready either when he kicks it. Like people aren't looking at him. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you in that circumstance. I think I was like, what are you doing? And then Tiernan not just kicking it out to touch and just kind of taking that last. Like, what is it they say when you, you hit the ball into the rough and they're like, take your medicine and just like chip it back on fairway. Like Tiernan just needed to do that, but he kicked it. It was, it was wayward kick. So your your defensive line has gone up and then gone back and then gone up again. And that's when they get chipped over because they're all over the place. But what I'm kind of saying, I'm, I'm not defending Cardi really in terms of that decision. But what I will say is like, in the past, he's done it. And I've I said earlier on the podcast, I said that, you know, we didn't have someone that really grabbed the game with a scruff of the neck and brought the intensity up. And maybe he was aiming to try and inject a little bit of intensity for it. And he was trying to do the leadership thing of, you know, bringing everyone up and getting the big crowd roaring and going. And it backfired. And it doubly backfired because of the circumstance, like you said. But, you know, maybe we're criticizing him for having a lack of leadership when actually in his mind, it was just misplaced leadership. Yeah, but you already had the win for the crowd. We we were all pumped up in the crowd after that massive defensive stand. It's just I I totally I see and look at Jack is one of those people who sees those things that other other towns wouldn't see, which again is what makes him so good in areas. But that's another reason why he's he's petrifying for coaches because you know just kick about you know you've won a penalty you've got a line the line out you know bar bar the sloppy hands in the line out was actually operating pretty well in terms of jumping. You know, the mall defence looked better you know the scrum in parts obviously we lost a few penalties there as well but um, again we're not singling out Jack no one no one stood out no one shone in terms of performance but um, you know what should have been a fantastic day for Finley Bealham his birthday and it wasn't which is unfortunate uh, but we, we well one one positive was Mac Henson and his incredible footwork again really just shoving it to Westy for two weeks in a row uh, for his disgusting comments. <laughs> uh, no, but Wesley, Wesley what, a, what a ridiculous, like, it's totally unnecessary to cut back inside three people, but we love it, all the same. I never said anything bad about Mac Hansen for anybody who hasn't <laughs> listened in the last few weeks. Um, disgusting comments. Yeah. Um, I, it was described earlier to me uh, by my older brother as the Connacht Colby. Um, oh. So it's a bit, a bit of a stretch, but I'll allow it. I mean, like, I was saying, you know, we, we were saying at the time, like, it was, it was pretty pointless, right? Because we were more than seven points behind at the time. We think we had to score twice anyway. But I love the arrogance. I love the confidence. I love the like. I love that he knows he's good enough. And I think though that is one of these small moments. And again, right? You know, you can't take away from us our mall defense being so much better as well. But that's one of those small moments that will help a player really rise and give him more confidence. Let's say next week against a monster, he'd be like, "Oh, I can step these guys. I've stepped." How many guys last week against Bulls that you know extra four in the space you know in the space of a meter? Uh, can he can he step Dragons. the whole team? That's the question. Well, I don't know if he's as good as me at stepping teams. But. True, that is true. Unproven, but true. <laughs> I think as well. I think we need to you know because I'm I'm loving being at the games and then playing the uh, the Rock Nation stuff uh, before games. It's class. It's such a good atmosphere. But I think with Mac Hansen, I think when he comes out, we have to get some Mbappe Hansen going on uh, and really embrace it. Uh, or return the Mac is always that's another easy low hanging fruit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we got or we the Mac Daddy and the uh, Big Papa 
big we got, you know we've got some we've got some crowd pleasers right there yeah. and, can i ask you know. a genuine question about like what is stopping sports ground from getting these sound bites to play for these players like i'm i'm a big fan of ship not to boston don't get me wrong i love it but playing it after every score surely we could diversify yeah or, or at the weekend, weekend when they played it, really it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Jack the the ball the you know what's probably stopping them westy was the absolutely abysmal criticism that came when they got two tenors to sing we could rule the world at halftime in the semi-final on the pitch acapella <laughs> it was like yeah don't don't pick a take that song you know I'm what like, i mean i miss the west away i miss the west I want those guys back Last time we sang West Awake, we won the league, and then we just stopped singing it for some reason. And it's not won the league since. I'm just saying. Coincidence? Coincidence? I think. I think not. I think not. Yeah, definitely. Like you tell me, the fans wouldn't love it if Big Papa came on and all you heard was "I love it when they come a Big Pop." But like the crowd <laughs> would fucking love that. And the same with Mac or you know whatever. Connacht Rugby, reach out to us. We'll throw a couple ideas. At yeah, this. and I, I still think a little food van down the end with leather fajitas. On the <laughs> <laughs> oh god i like it i like it there's so much business <laughs> opportunity here i think kind of they were actually advertising for a marketing manager on twitter today uh they I were i saw that collectively yeah. i think we'd be all right but we need we need big money huge money to yeah. sign us uh we'll look we'll look ahead quickly unless unless you want to cover but we'll look ahead to the monster game um I think we we went we met for coffee on Sunday and me and Westy were I think definitely more apprehensive. Sam, of course, was positive as ever, but you know, again, classic Connacht does mean big performances against big teams. Um, so Sam, you sell it to us. Pitch us here, big win this weekend, right? Yeah, well, like it, you can you kind of listening to a few people talking about how Connacht's form is really poor. Uh, and going into this and they were like oh you'd be worried with the form they have going into Munster but then in the next sentence saying Connacht are the most inconsistent team so it's like you can't judge form on an inconsistent team it's just it's not you're not capable of doing it we've really put it up to Munster a few times in the uh, home in the last couple of years we beat them last year in the Rainbow Cup close to beating them in the league you know I think we've stepped up and I think this weekend you'd want to see Sammy Arnold because he actually was a little shining light when he came on uh, and I've been impressed with him and I love the intensity he brings and I doubly love the intensity he brings against Munster because he just seems to absolutely want to really fight everyone uh, and then I think Connor Oliver deserves a start as well I think unfortunately for Jared Butler I'm, he's not being up to his own high standards and Oliver has impressed anytime he's played this season so far uh, so I think a little bit of a change up and I did read in or- on the Irish Times today, I think Bundy is back for the weekend. We saw him warming up before the game, doing some tackling drills and stuff. So if you could have you know, Arnold even on the wing or a centre partnership of Arnold and Bundy against uh, Munster, I don't see why you, you, you don't put it to them. Like we've, we've shown so far this season that one of the areas we have drastically improved in is stopping the mall and having a, a good set piece. So that that's the area where Munster have traditionally really beaten us up and the rest of the game, it's actually not ever been in, in the last couple of years anyway, not been too one-sided. It's mainly just the fact that we couldn't compete physically with them. And I think that we've shown even yesterday we could compete physically. It was, or at the weekend we were beaten outside by some ridiculous pace and some really, really good backs. I think like I'm looking like Jordan Williams, Jonah Holmes, Sam Davies, who never usually plays well against Connacht, had a really good game. And Alawa Fela uh, won two of their own kickoffs. We're just on the back foot the whole time. But I think against Munster, I don't see why, with the intensity we know they can get when they play in Tome and with the inconsistency we know they have, I don't think form is anything to look at going into this weekend. 
No, that's fair. Uh, Wes, I think, as Sam alluded to there, Munster's style is kind of a style that we tend to deal well with rather than, say, like uh, you know, like an Ulster the following weekend who kind of play more expansive, fast rugby. Munster's kind of style is not something that kind of tend to fear. Yeah, and like we were close. We were there, thereabouts a lot last season. Even, you know, we've said before, with a, with a poor performance in the sports ground, we almost won it in the last minute. Um, I... It's not that I Sam has it's not treating what Sam says is you can't really judge the form of an inconsistent team, but what you can do is judge the form of a consistent team. And Munster have been pretty consistent, even with massive squad rotation in the last three games. Um the way they change their game plan, the way they ride against Stormers is just so impressive. And I just think that um I, I, I think it's more about them than us at this point. I, I think I think it's going to be a really tough task. I think we're up to it. Like we've proven time and time again that we can win these games and we can win these games against the run of bad form. Um, but it is two really difficult games in Munster and Ulster. So it'll be really interesting to see um, not only how we play this week, but how we then fold on into the next week. And you would think again, a big event in the Aviva playing Ulster is going to hopefully bring out the best in the squad. But I think at the minute, what's getting me about Connacht is it, maybe I've missed something in the papers. I don't know, but having not heard who's available and who's unavailable for the weekend to come um, is a little bit unnerving. Um, I do think like the likes of Dowling and Pendergast are two of our shining lights from the last few weeks. Um, and then not to mention the, the, the two Toms in the centre as well, maybe more so in the first two games than in, in than last weekend. But um, having those guys who I see has been pretty key early on as well. I, I, I don't know exactly what happened to Marmion in the warm-up. I don't know if he's, you know, from the dead leg, if he's out for a bit of time. Um yeah, it's more the uncertainties over our squad that has me. Like Munster have proven their depth. Um, apart from a heartbreaking injury to R.G. Snyman, they're you know they pretty much have everyone available as far as I know. So, um, and Tom and Park, right? You know they'll be they'll want to keep that home winning record. So I think it'll be a, it'll be a very very tough game. It it is within our grasp grasp to win it, um, but we have to be firing all cylinders. I think if there's any, if we give them a purple patch. You know they'll score four tries in ten minutes if we give it to them. The the press conference is well. When you're listening to this, it'll be today. It's tomorrow. Um, around midday is when they announce sort of the injuries and stuff like that. So we'll know. We'll know when you hear this. You probably will know. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. Prendergast, who was fantastic, if I recall, last year in the Tolman win. Uh, for Connacht, it was one of his uh, massive kind of debut performances. Um. Yeah, it's 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 going to be tough. Like as you said, we expect Porch. Obviously, hopefully, him and Big Papa are not injured. We expect them to come probably back into the team. If we have Bundy available, fantastic. But obviously, it's a Bundy who hasn't played in what ten ten weeks. Is it? Yeah, it's also like the Lion King himself. So true. I understand that. Yeah, but you know, possibly a tad bit rusty. Um, you know, it's still yeah, it's definitely not ideal. And as you said, Munster are looking so far pretty good. Yeah. With uh, sorry, with the HIA because Dowling obviously didn't come back on. Presuming that means he failed his HIA. The game is Saturday, so it's over seven days away, which means that he has he has the potential to be able to play, isn't it? I think if it's under seven days, you're not you're completely ruled out because it's it's a seven day turnaround for HIA. Well, it'll be it'll be exactly seven days then, so I'm hoping it'll be okay. Yeah, or so it's a later kickoff. True. Um, it'll be. It'll, yeah, it will be technically. Yeah, yeah more than seven. I love. Yeah. Love it, Westy. Love Hopefully, it. Because uh, Dowling has been brilliant, and he's like he's just unfortunate with injuries last year as well. Anytime he's played, he's really looked good. It looked like such an astute signing. Uh, so we just hope we can get him on the pitch fit. 
It's a, and it was a shame. We for, we forgot the the king, you know, the king player, the player that matched the last time we bet monster was on the sideline. Gavin Thornbury, yeah. uh, kind of still still not back f- fully fit or able to train yet. So there's a lot of players that you know have still come back into this frame. But uh, we'll finish on this. Westy and Sam, we can we can discuss this. But is it too early to say? Thinking of hopefully you know aiming for a top eight finish that we need to win one of the next two games, Westy. You go first. Is it too early to say that, or are these must wins already? No, I, I think one of them. I think we really have to win one of them, especially now, given that we lost two results. I said earlier on in the season that I was hoping to beat each of the Irish provinces again this season. Um, now, look, that that is a a very, very, very high achievement. It shouldn't be taken lightly at all. But I think we, we need we need first off we have to start taking points when we lose. We have to start taking losing bonus points from games like this can't happen anymore now. It, like. I say I say it every year on this podcast and to everybody I talk about, but the league is about points, and this year more than ever. And Sam said it like last week and a week before. You can't even pretend to root for Irish problems anymore because we need them to lose. And our best bet for them to lose, apart from playing each other, is when they play us. That's the thing that we can control. So we need to steal points from them where we can. So I I do think one of these games, I, w- I think must win is a strong term, but we have to start taking points away from them. And you know we. We can't give them four tries. You know, we've lost both our games now with four tries against us. Like we have to start a bit of damage control. And I think, yeah, I think we really do need to take a win from one of these games. We will play the Irish Provinces again another four times later on in the season. So I think if we're able to win two out of the, out of the six, that's a decent return if we're taking points from most of them. Um, but yeah, I think a win now is is we've made it a lot more important by losing two games that we could have won and sorry by not taking any points from two games that probably could have won yeah Sam what do you think yeah it's such it's a shorter season so what is it 18 games um, and to get eight in 16 it, 16 games sorry and to get eight eight in that is going to be very very difficult uh, I don't actually think it's it's must win in terms of like capability wise I think you we have so many good players coming back that we could have a strong end to the season our away form is actually like I know I was given out about the the front loaded home games but our away form the last two years has been way better so you know we do we do travel well but I think that what losing the two games in a row would do is probably create a narrative of us being completely dead in the water and gone and out of it uh, and just float around that mid table and you could still probably scrape eighth, but I just don't think it would be on our terms. I think we'd be waiting for other teams to lose. And I think we'd be looking at every other game as opposed to, you know, they always say it's in your hands. If we win one of these two, like then, then I think that, you know, a top eight finish is definitely in our hands. And we, we just then have to kind of ride to crest that wave and start building towards the, the finishing of the season. But yeah, it's, it lose the two of them. It, it would just create a really, really dark like narrative and people would get salty about it. You already see kind of, Certain people on Twitter just just can't seem to take any enjoyment out of anything. It's like everything is negative. People are going, oh, we're looking at one win in five. And I was going, yeah, like you could be looking at one win in five every set of five games. But if we win the next two, we could be looking at what a stellar start to the season. We've beaten two of our provincial rivals and one of the South African teams. And unfortunately, we have two losses that we, we should have done better. But you take that. So I think you can look at everything really negatively but uh, beforehand or you can have a little bit of positivity because I don't see personally the point in supporting a team if you're not going to have a little bit of positivity. No, that's fair. Yeah, we saw on Facebook, I tweeted out someone saying it was time for a friend to go. Like, 
you know, t- put a jacket on full of pockets and full of stones and jump off a building. Do you know what I mean? That's if you're going to be saying that sort of shit. You know what I mean? Like, cop on. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's such it's such soccer mentality. It's like it's, you, you talk about like managerial merry-go-rounds in soccer, and it just doesn't happen in rugby, and especially it doesn't happen to like coaches like Andy Friend, who is outside of Pat Lamb, who won the league, probably our most successful coach because he's what three seasons in a row now without a losing season, and that I don't. I don't think that's happened before, especially not professional era. So I think uh, I think if anyone is criticizing friend like that, it's either a troll or some Jack and Ape who just like tunes in for the Munster and Ulster games and Leinster games and kind of just makes their decisions based entirely on those performances and not how we get on throughout the season or how we're playing or how we you know develop young talent and all of those sort of things. Yeah, it could be the similar fans who, I don't know who it was, but I heard in the main stand, overheard it, 50 minutes into the game, asked the question, is Bundy on the pitch? If if you're asking that question at a game, <laughs> then maybe you're not watching enough of the games, do you know? So, yeah, maybe we need to up our up our watching of the games. Uh, well, we already mentioned Munster, but we'll talk about their, it was incredible win uh, at the weekend. Um when we, I think we all, when we saw the team, we're like, okay, Munster's going to get bet this weekend, and they're they're going to take it and sort of kind of move on. Um, they come out on top, forty three points, thirteen against Scarlets, nearly you know, exact thirty point victory with that team named. That is impressive uh, and not good for us. We were kind of expecting them to be coming off a loss going into this game this weekend, but if anything, they're more. They're more up for it than ever. Obviously, the terrible news of Ordi Snyman kind of rupturing his ACL again, which must be just devastating for him to be... What what age did we say he was? 26? Yeah. Yeah, he's 26. It's, it's, he could be like, looking at going into the next World Cup having... Now, just not counting the time in Japan, but having played 56 minutes. That's... It's... And, like, what a player like I'm, like I'm going to the game this weekend and I was part of me was very excited to hopefully see him in the flesh and it's just it's a real shame Um, we hope obviously he comes back as strong as ever because that's tough to come back from two of those but um, Sam I, I think yeah did you agree with me did you when you saw the team named you were expecting a Scarlet's win I was, I was expecting something closer than what happened I was kind of you know in the back of my mind thinking that you know a team of younger players with something to prove might still, you know, be able to put up a, a get a win uh, for Munster. But I did not expect it to be such a route like the way it was. It was it was so comprehensive that you know, Healy was just running the game completely, as we spoke about earlier. He's probably in the in the conversation for starting, even when they have a full team. So I saw the team lineup and I kind of went, okay, yeah, no, Scarlets Scarlets can definitely win this but you know Munster might might do something I did not expect it to be as one-sided as it was and so it's unfortunate for Scarlet's because you know Welsh Twitter turns on itself so easily and uh, it's just turned on Scarlet's now Dragons were kind of the the whipping boys of Welsh Twitter for a while and Welsh rugby and I think Scarlet's are getting the brunt of that now and uh, Munster have played these two weeks so perfectly because they not only got a win and some massive amounts of confidence into their fringe players but they also rest the full starting team or are able to pick a starting team from some well-rested players and some well and some very confident players for the game against us at the weekend in Thoman. Uh, so it's it's worrying uh, that they did so well this week. I was hoping that they'd be brought down to earth and the players would lose all their confidence and it would just be doom and gloom around Thoman for a week or two, but no, <laughs> it's not to be. No, definitely not. Uh, Ulster had a good win again. Uh, 28-8 to eight winners over Benetton. It was pretty much the, the Nathan Doak show. 
Um, Westy, you've seen a lot of people already saying, including some main media journalists, which is always fantastic to see, uh, already pushing him for it to be an Irish capped. Uh, is it too soon for that, seeing as it's three games in and against not the best opposition to be looking at that? Or you know, are we overlooking other players again, the likes of Blade, Marmion and, and all that? Yeah, well, whether it's too soon or not, um, he's not James Gibson Parks. So he's not going to get picked to start for Ireland. Very good point. <laughs> um, yeah, no, look, look, it, it is a little bit too soon, but at the same time, it, like you can look at that coin, like well, Cooney's out, uh, uh, Blady's just come back from injury. Marmion, okay, maybe if he played the weekend, would get himself back in the conversation. Um, I, I think apart from Joke, the only other really scrum half it was well. I mean, um, Craig Case has been very impressive, and I think Luke McGrath. I think they'd be the three scrum halves that I'm looking at now is kind of being on form and I, I would I would have said Kieran Marmion probably if he had been able to play at the weekend but I don't I don't know what the his status is at the minute and we only have two more games before a squad is picked so um I I think it is too early for Nathan Doak I think he's very young he needs to get um a bit a little bit more game time on his belt although he's playing 78 minutes in, in the games he's playing um but I, I wouldn't mind seeing him go in the way Andy Farrell used to do it with bringing in one or two young lads to give him exposure in the squad. Let, let him be in there as an extra man. Get get used to how an Ireland camp works because it, it is definitely something that's within his grasp. Um, like, will he overtake Cooney? Like, if Cooney's available, he's still going to pick Nathan Doka. I'm not sure, but it, it'd be fascinating to see in a couple of months' time where he is. And the fact that he is a goal kicker as well is just... Well, this if, if he gets picked ahead of Cooney again, this just confirms that... Farrell just doesn't like Cooney because he yeah. also kicks. He's a he's a fast paced now. Like <laughs> you can't be like, oh, that's a great, that's a player I'd love to have in my squad. But Cooney's been sitting there the past fucking four years. It's a uh, part of me wants him to pick just because that confirms that uh, what we all have thought so far that whatever happens, Cooney's just not liked in the Irish camp. So, but on on dog there, like everyone's talking about the last three games. And he is, he's been phenomenal. And you were on the Ulster Lad podcast and he was speaking high, so highly of him, you know, that you take notice. But one of the reasons, like there's, there's plenty of 19-year-olds knocking around uh, academies, knocking around second teams, knocking around top-level AIL that are brilliant. One of the reasons why they don't consistently play is because they're still 19 and they're still like physically not up to it. Uh, we know that they, they haven't developed fully and they will go through bad patches and, He'll, he will, he's having a really good purple patch now, but I can guarantee you he's not going to be consistently this high level for an entire season. He's going to come up in Europe against someone and get munched, and that's, just, that's why it happens, and that's why you don't see that many 19-year-olds breaking into rugby teams, whereas you see 19-year-olds breaking into professional soccer teams all the time because there's, there's a management, and you can manage them a lot better, and there's less of a physical side to things. So it, it's really good for him, and I think he is definitely one for the future, but... I don't see the point in doing the same thing that everyone was talking about doing with Harry Byrne was bringing in because he's the future. Like, let him develop, let him get his game time, let him get confident, let him learn the ropes of being a professional rugby player for a few years. There's no reason to rush him in now and ruin his career because what will happen is he'll do what Harry Burns did and make one mistake and suddenly become public enemy number one. And it's like, it's just not fair on young lads. Let the 19-year-old be 19 and let him play and let him get the plaudits for playing really well at club level and let him go through and graduate as he should, to get to a point where he's 23, 24, coming into the Ireland team and a top-level scrum half with a lot of experience, a lot of club rugby under his belt, a lot of European rugby under his belt. You know, it's, it's this 
every likelihood that Cooney moves at the end of this season because I think his contract is up and he'd probably be looking at one big payday, you'll go somewhere where he's a bit more appreciated. Doak can run that team and Doak can do it. And he looks like Doak wants the responsibility of doing it because he was kicking for touch, he was kicking for goals, he's doing everything. So I don't see the point in just parachuting him in for the sake of it because you think he's the future. I think let him develop into that. To quote the great Cormac from California, you're 19, shut your face. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's what we need to be saying to Stephen Doak. Do- <laughs> Sorry, Stephen, it's pronounced the Corminator. Sorry, the Corm- the Corminator. The, one of the boys it's, back it's home. It's only 12 eggs per lad per day. <laughs> one, of the, uh, one of the lads back home was so obsessed with him. They were looking up. They found out he's an Uber driver around Dublin now. Uh, no way. <laughs> yeah, you can get him. It's imagine the oh, imagine. I'm sure he loves hearing all the lines <laughs> from back in the day. Uh, yeah, no, we're not. We're all. We're, I like Doak, what I've seen him so far. But, we, you know, this is. O'Driscoll hasn't even tweeted about him being in the Irish squad yet. That's when you really got to push him in. Um, Ulster continue in fairness to them uh, Leinster obviously another win uh, we were talking before the game that uh, Sam said this was a poor Leinster performance but they were still won by nearly 40 points so Sam explain yourself no okay uh, poor was a bit of hyperbole I don't think well, it, back it off now isn't he Westy he was giving a big you said it was the worst Leinster performance in 20 years that was very last week, last week was probably the worst Leinster performance in 20 years. Genuinely, there was an absolute terrible performance. Where's that time they beat Zebra 3-0? Hmm? That was Where's weather, though. That was more weather. Yeah, um, I, it was still a bad performance. But no, this I, I think that I just don't think that it was it was Leinster's best performance. I think that Leinster have a lot more to give and will will have a lot more throughout the season. Uh, I was delighted to see Byrne back playing for them because he's had a really horrible time, like two, two years nearly out uh, and then scoring two tries. It was unfortunate for Harry Byrne to go injured, get injured, but then Sexton came on and you know got his man of the match performance. So everyone's able to talk about how good Sexton is. But on the whole, like you know, it was they were playing a poor, poor zebra side, and they put forty three up. But it was like they were scoring kind of tries for fun in a middle period of game. I don't think that they were tested really. I don't think that there was much to take from it. If I was scouting Leinster for a European game. I wouldn't be looking at that highlights. I wouldn't be looking at last week. I'd be looking at previous games and previous years because I, I don't think it was they were up to much, really. Uh, I haven't been overly impressed with them yet so far this season. I know I'm going to end up getting that biting me on the ass at the end of the year when they win the league at an absolute canter and get knocked out in Europe and then blame the league standard for their mis- <laughs> misfiring in Europe. But... I think so far. Oh, that's, not that's, really... a, that's a clip that they're going to use if they win the <laughs> Champions Cup. <laughs> yeah, they've uh, they've not really, uh, they've not really kind of got going to their own high standards yet, uh, and I don't I don't think that they were massively impressive at the weekend. No, it's no look. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, what did Leinster get from that win? Nothing, probably. Do you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's it's another win. It's it's five another... points. It's five points, and I am delighted for a burn. Hundred percent. That was fantastic to come back and do that and. Great for that youngster Sexton to come in as well and really, you know, plant his foot down there and show him who's boss. But uh, that that performance alone is going to get him starting in November. So it's all it's all good. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, look, another another week, unfortunately, where the other three provinces get the win and kind of don't. But uh, it is what it is. But um, Westy, you were talking about Squid Games. Come on, let's let's introduce this section into this podcast now to finish off. What are you watching? Typically, uh, typical to my form, I'm about a, two weeks behind the rest of the country in that I just watched the first episode of Squid Game about an hour <laughs> That's ago. so apt. It's so, uh, so true. And I really watched the podcast ahead, so I go watch the second episode because it was pretty good. Uh, but I really liked it. It's kind of like uh, Battle Royale, Hunger Games type uh, type plotline. Is it Korean? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. But it's really it's, it's really kind of well done. They kind of show how, well, I mean, I'm hoping it develops, but it shows how desperate kind of people are and people can be. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it's really good. It's, it's violent. Well, yeah. Why do I was having a discussion with my girlfriend earlier on? Sorry, this is totally not sport related, but why do humans love watching miserable things? Like, there was an ad for a TV show, and it was like a husband who was potentially beating his wife, and the kids and the family flew apart, were falling apart. And my girlfriend goes, Oh, that looks good. Like, wh- 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 why do you want to watch that? I don't get this at all. Because watching people in horrible situations makes your mediocre happiness seem a lot bigger. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's at least a decent ex- explanation. But I, don't I, 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 I just like watching Step Brothers and yeah, funny shit. Like I, I'm, 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 I'm with you, Smurf. But Step no. Brothers and property shows give me grand designs any day of the week. Okay, <laughs> shit. Grand, grand designs, house in the sun, location, Bake location, off. location. Oh, oh Bake Off. Oh yeah. Really oh, yeah. enjoying Bake Off this year. Junior Master Chef. Get oh, any day Junior of the Master. week. Oh, Gordon Ramsay will like. You know, insult someone to their face, but a little child is always like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, sweetheart." And then, like, you know, if his dad walked in, he'd be like, "You fucking idiot! You're an idiot!" But no, that's that's sorry. That was a total segue. Fuck. <laughs> uh, but I liked it. It was good. To, people want to know what you're watching, Westy. So you know, do they? It's been a huge, I doubt they do. A huge request coming in. Uh, but yeah, like that's we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, I am going to the Munster game this weekend. I am going with Sam, aka Owen Harrison, over the hill prop. Um, Sam won't be there, which will only fuel the rumors more. Sam, yeah. are are you him? Is he you? We yeah, don't know. I'm I'm, I'm secretly a massive Munster fan. Uh, that writes for the Examiner. That's it's it's how how I do both. I don't know. It is impressive, I have to say, because you don't look alike, which is even more impressive. No, but uh, over the hill prop is yeah. He's also the president of the Jack Hardy fan club, so I don't know if that's true. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm uh, well, me, so that is true. That is true. Then you you're a big Ben Healy guy. Then must be that must be the case. I mean, Scotland's Ben Healy. Oh well, as of November, possibly not, <laughs> depending oh. on how it goes. But yeah, if you're a Munster fan, you listen to this and you see me on Saturday, say hello. But uh, I'm either going to be really, really quiet or I'm going to be obnoxiously loud, depending on how the game goes. Uh, but yeah, boys, we'll be back next week again to recap. Hopefully, a win for Connacht over Munster. But until then, boys, ciao. Bye.